sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars. As if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. So happy you're here. If you're new, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful journey that is the Topanga Moon podcast. It's been um, so incredible to be in this February energy. I am so excited that January is behind us and we're in this month of like love and expansion. We're in the Aquarius season. I'm really feeling those energies and I feel like it's been collectively noticed as well. Um, This, I mean, it's also been amazing because I just had a Reiki session with my friend Sarah, which I feel like I need a full podcast episode to talk about because it was so incredible, but so many revelations came through. I have been talking about them a little bit on um, other podcast interviews because things come up and uh, connections are made, so you will hear a little bit about it. But wow, her work is so incredible. We, um, we did a whole day of a photo shoot and I took her photos during the day in her beautiful new space at Three Tides Wellness. And then uh, she gave me a session and wow, I mean, Reiki is so such an amazing tool for us to use. I, I've had a little bit of it done before, but not like a full, a full, full session. I've done um, an intuitive healing session with my friend Elise, who was on the podcast. Actually, both Sarah and Elise were both on the podcast. So go back, listen to their episodes. They're great. Um, That was an incredible experience, too. Every time I go, I'm like, wow, I need to do this more. Um, I mean, we're energy beings. So obviously, things are going to get stuck within our different chakra systems and we need to move them through and look at them and get some messages and I really feel like when you are called to the work um it will it will find you and the right person will find you and you'll be led to the right person so if you have been feeling like getting a Reiki session I mean uh both of my friends are incredible with that work and I will link their Instagram's in the description um but there's so many incredible practitioners whoever you're feeling called to it's so good to keep up with your own um, personal energy work and working with healers that their mission on this planet is to do this work and to connect and transform and, and shift the consciousness so it's so incredible that we have this at our disposal that we can um work with these beautiful people and learn more about ourselves and i love that so much so today on the podcast i'm gonna get into it really quickly because it's such a beautiful episode i'm so excited for you to hear marie 
she um oh man she studied so many things but she does have a deep appreciation and knowledge of kundalini so a lot of this episode is going to be about kundalini i have fallen in love with the kundalini practice and it's really been something that i go to now every single week at lotus yoga in toronto and even doing kundalini um exercises at home um I can't recommend it enough. It's truly life-changing work and we get into the total details about it and Marie is, her whole story and her whole connection to Kundalini is so beautiful and I can't wait for you to hear this story that she has to share. Um, and she studied so many other things and we get into it all and the, the way that I met her is through a friend, Genevieve, who was on the podcast. I mean, pretty much I'm just bringing all my friends on the podcast because they're so incredible at what they do. So I was at her going away party and um, she had the most amazing people at her party. Just incredible healers, artists, everybody. And me and Marie really connected and I think we... She was about to leave and then we had this like two-hour conversation about energy and the cosmos and the world and the universe and kundalini and I just knew I was like you need to come on my podcast and talk about this because I have been so into the kundalini practice but I really wanted to know more and dive into it and kind of hear the details about it. So we get into all that and so much more. It's such an expansive episode. I'm so excited for you to hear her wisdom. So let's get into the interview. Um, this is with Marie on the Topanga Moon podcast. For teachers, for example, they yeah. always teach you to speak from your navel point. You have, And so part of the Kundalini teacher training is teaching you to speak from the navel point specifically. And that's the solar That's plexus, the solar right? plexus. Which is exactly. wild because that's what was all blocked for me. Oh, in my Reiki session. There you go. I think that's a lot where a lot of people have yeah. trouble. And that also, like, if we're looking at the correlation yeah. on the body, right? So first, second, third. So that's the negative mind. Yeah, so that's the um, positive mind that has an issue all of a sudden. So that's, oh. yeah, the ability to see the bright side in things gets dissolved and that's when the navel point gets blocked off yeah and if you can't have the positive mind you can't have the neutral mind that actually evaluates a situation Mm. adequately Mm -hmm. so you end up being constantly reverted back to negative the fears of it all and then you get the low level anxiety running through you constantly oh it's so true and she was saying how I was like connected to my thoughts Mm -hmm. and how because this is all blocked then that's why all of the thoughts were kind of like going crazy on a, on over overdrive exactly so like breath of fire is like your number one practice to do every single morning oh. three minutes of it to get the things pumped up yeah and to like block remove the blockages and yeah. get the energy flowing in there so it's a good way to start your day amazing amazing okay <laughs> well um hello this is hi this is <laughs> moon podcast i'm really excited i'm here with my friend marie and we're going to be talking about so many beautiful healing modalities, energetics, kundalini, uh, the things that she's really into right mm-hmm. now, her practices, her journey, everything and anything. <laughs> the world is our oyster. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for 
sitting with me and talking with me. I'm really excited because this is kind of like part two of our conversation. Yes, yes. We had like this epic conversation where we just didn't stop talking for two hours (laughs) at a party. (laughs) It was like, I was about to be like, okay, five minutes to leaving. And then we ended up talking for two hours. And my boyfriend's like, hey, where are you? you? (laughs) It's like, okay, I'm just talking about Kundalini. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry worry about it. You get this. Yeah, so I'd love to hear about um, your journey mm-hmm. and how you kind of, like, whatever you want to talk about, getting you to this place, how you found Kundalini, how you got into your your work that you're doing right now. So my journey has been technically starting since I was 12 years old. So okay. it has far, very distant origin points. Yes. Um, but it's the main bulk of it really took off in t- uh, 2014. So since really over the last decade, but really intensifying since 2014, Mm. I've been looking at various modalities that connect spirituality, mind, and the physical body. Mm. Um, And my interest in it started when I was very young, but unfortunately I had a parent who was very much against any kind of meditation and movement practices. Right. It was a little bit too far out of um, my dad's realm. And so... Because of the kind of conflict that caused, I put it on the back burner mm-hmm. for a really long time. And this was in the Ukraine, yeah? So this was actually just after we came to Canada. Oh, just after, okay. Just after yeah. uh, we immigrated to Canada. And so my world was really opening up. And I was going through a lot of like acculturation adjustments and the stress of it all. But coming to Canada really opened my eyes to what's available in the world Mm -hmm. and a totally new way of looking at things and I remember walking through chapters one day and looking at a book of yoga and like something sparked in me I didn't know what it was I didn't understand it and I was kind of a lazy kid who doesn't like to stick through things unless I'm like good at them or I'm super interested in it so this was unusual because it's a physically based practice or so I thought so I jumped on it but it created all this conflict and I put it away. Mm. And I think that created like a long-standing crisis for me because it kept right. me away from something that was really nourishing to me. Yeah, it was like calling you. So heavily. Yeah. It was so, it was sitting in me for the whole distant years, you know, for the duration between me being 12 years old all the way to 21. It wow. was, it kept coming up in different ways. I kept researching it, but never acting on it. Yeah. And so we know what kind of energy that can build up in an individual Mm -hmm. being forced to kind of hold back from something that feels so right. And so for me, that culminated in a really difficult uh, mental health period throughout those those years. But also when I turned 21, I was house-sitting for a friend. uh, And my boyfriend at the time, we were just kind of talking about things that were happening and I had this meltdown mm. on him and I remember sitting in the in the bathroom of the house totally foreign house not my own uh he's like freaking out behind the door yeah. and I'm calling my mom being like I have to go to a yoga studio I like nothing else is working therapy hasn't worked like medication hasn't worked I'm still in the same place I am like terrified of leaving this room right now I have wow. to go to a yoga studio And so luckily, um, I have a really supportive mom who was like, that's it. I'm coming over. We're going to a yoga studio. And so I dropped into Lotus Yoga. Sorry, it wasn't Lotus first. It was Bliss. Okay, it wasn't. But it was a Lotus teacher that brought me 
to yoga. Wow. So I dropped into uh, Bliss Yoga Studios in West, West End, uh, Toronto, and the first class I ended up was a Kundalini class. Mm. I didn't know there's really other types of yoga. I kind of looked around, but I figured, like, it's yoga. You just thought, like, oh, yoga is this overarching one kind of thing, right? Exactly. Just, like, yeah. this one thing out in the world, yeah. not recognizing that there's different schools and branches yeah. and so approaches. And yeah. I was, like, the Kundalini class. Oh, and so... It was a teacher who now go, teaches at Lotus, David, mm-hmm. uh, who led that first class. David, David, which is the teacher I go to all the time. Yes, man, David. <laughs> David is the binder for David. so many oh, in, in the love, China community. I love David's class so much. Very intense. Yeah, and I've gone to so many other ones at that studio, yeah. but there's something about his approach that feels just like he he has so much knowledge mm-hmm. first of all that he always like talks about mm-hmm. he knows every single person's name that walks Everybody. into that room and he will remember it years he later will remember he's been practicing for what like 20 years but he didn't like, start until he was in his 40s yeah yeah which is crazy yeah. do you, do you see him yes yeah, <laughs> like yeah. blown away yeah blown away by like his presence yeah. and his glowiness and just the general like liveliness that you feel off of him it's so true and he just makes you feel so good in that Mm -hmm. space and like there's always some sort of shifts that happen Mm -hmm. and it kept it keeps me going back like I'm going to his class tonight (laughs) there you go yeah it's it's true and your boyfriend goes to his class all the time and I'm going tonight as well you're going to we're gonna see each other there I love it. Yeah, my boyfriend is obsessed with that class. He's like there religiously. Yeah, the candlelight Kundalini class. Whenever we met, he misses a week. He's yes. like, no, I can't. I can't. I have to go yeah. in. I have to go in. It's, it drives him crazy. Yeah. So mm. in that moment, right before you get to this yeah. Kundalini class, was there a knowing in you? Like, was there some sort of voice that said, you need to go to yoga? So... In a sense, yes. Yeah. Um, it was. It just burst out of me. I really couldn't yeah. even hold it back. I don't think it was a conscious knowing, mm-hmm. and I rarely do get the conscious knowing. It's more like in one second, it just bursts out of me, and yeah. it's a very physically experienced. And so I think that's why a lot of my symptoms over those years between 12 and 21 were so physically mm. related because my body was just trying to scream to me, like, help me, help me, yeah. help me. Yeah. I'm here for you. Like, let's just go and get this done and get push through and keep moving through yeah. things and I wasn't listening you know wow. yeah. or even if I was I was holding back so mm-hmm. much so I go to this class and I come out of there grinning like and I haven't grinned like that for years mm-hmm. so I'm like pumped about the world I'm crying at the same time but I'm like grinning like this is yeah. the place I need to be so I started going to weekly classes and then, of course, the keener that I am, I'm like, I got to go to India and sign up for a teacher's training <laughs> course because, you know, that's that's the way you got to learn. Yeah. Um, and that actually set things off for me. So yeah. that year I signed up for holistic nutrition because it was one of the only things that was really helping me start to reverse a lot of the symptoms of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I started doing the yoga practice um, and I signed up for teacher training at the end of the year. So I'm in, in university at this point in time. Yeah. And so from that point on, all the way till now, I've just been in crazy intense student mode. Yeah. Ongoing. Yeah. 
And I went to India and I didn't study Kundalini and I actually dropped off from Kundalini for a couple of years. When you were in India? Yes. I studied Ashtanga Yoga. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, I'm going to teacher's training. It's happening now. Um, And I had like a crazy learning curve because my body was not prepared for the rigorous practice that Ashtanga is. And I was in this like very good program, but very authentic in terms of how much meditating we had to do, how much for learning for philosophy we had to do. It was really rigorous training. Yeah. Understandably, because Ashtanga is such a rigorous practice. It is. That I, my system was not prepared for it, but I kind of kept going. And yeah. so the next year I did, I fast tracked through my holistic nutrition. I finished university at the same time. And I kind of just kept going down this path, then to Reiki and then to astrology. And then I came back to Kundalini through Lotus because I couldn't ignore it. It kept popping up in my mind. It kept walking past it. And I was like, okay, I have to go in. And that really reset things. Mm. Again, it was like returning home. And so now Lotus is kind of my community. It's Yeah, it's It's amazing. Right? It's wild because it was like you were soaking up all these different Mm -hmm. modalities and all these different things because your path is to then help other people Mm -hmm. within your own practice and within your own, you know what I mean? So it's like you have all these like tools in your tool belt, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, and your, your soul and your body was craving like knowing the Reiki, knowing the astrology and all of these things are all connected and in its own ways, you know? Entirely. And even my undergrad, I I was really resistant to studying all the things I actually wanted to study. Because once again, you know, when you have a watch, a a parent where you really develop that voice of negating what you want Mm -hmm. in favor of what's reliable, what's acceptable. I really bought into that mentality. Very, tried to be very academic, very scientific. And that feels like a very Eastern European thing. Very much. Because I went through the exact same thing. Because you can be like a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor. Oh, I was supposed to be a doctor. There you go. And then the engineer gets thrown in now. Totally. But mostly for boys. (laughs) Maybe you can do it, but no, it was like, oh, you're good at science? Mm Mm-hmm. Then you're going to be a doctor. Of, of course. course. Like, what? That's it. <laughs> what else do you want? Yeah. I, that's what I heard growing up as well. And, totally. Uh, so it was like a big break. And I thought I was going to law school before wow. I went to yoga class. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was studying for my LSATs. I was wow. getting all the courses prepped for it and be miserable and not doing that well because I didn't yeah. really want to do it yeah. either. But I was determined. Yeah. And so just turning on that journey, it really... It transformed my world. And then I ended up entering a relationship right at the beginning of this journey and leaving it partially because we didn't connect on this on this realm Mm -hmm. in the spiritual sense. And I started to kind of get that sensation again where, you know, you can be this, but I'm going to not feel great about this. You know, I'm going to look down on this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe I won't tell you not to do it but I'm going to do a lot of things possible to make you sense right. it constantly. Yeah. And it's like your teachers along the way. Con- yeah, just testing me. Like, do yeah. you want to stay here? Are you sure you're yeah, liking this? Exactly. And I'm, I've, I was really proud of myself actually of how crafty I was and sneaking all of the stuff in unconsciously, even as I was trying to push it all back. Yeah. Uh, but then when I, when I left that relationship about a month later, within a span of 
five minutes, I had signed up for the Reiki training, all three, or yeah. three levels, because why not? Yes, I remember the Reiki. Yes, astrology, astrology, all at once, and I sat down, and I was like, I think I just spent my, like, a good chunk of my savings on this. <laughs> In, like, <laughs> a couple just, minutes. It was, it was crazy. I literally walked down the street, and I yeah. saw the trainings, and I sat down at a cafe, and I paid, and then I looked up. And I was having lunch with my mom, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know what I just did, but it's done. I can't take it back. Wow. <laughs> now we're doing this. Yeah. And so I kind of kept going down this path, and as I started to take on holistic nutrition clients, everybody who came in kept coming in with relationship issues and mental health issues, and I was like, oh, damn, I need to get more training. Mm-hmm. I need to understand this better. So I enrolled in a master's program for counseling psychology, which I'm finishing wow. in April. Wow. And I'm hoping to fuse all of this. I'm not I'm hoping. I am yeah. going to fuse everything together because as the more I learn about physiology of mental health, the psychological structure of it, the spiritual structure of it, the systems align so well, so why not use all the tools you got? Exactly. And everyone, no matter what they're coming to you with or whoever they are, has something that's like blocked in a mental way or going through something emotionally, you know, and everything is connected. Entirely. And it's it's interesting because I... um, in my practicum right now, I work with a lot of clients who have never touched this realm. Mm. And yet every time I share a piece of information, it hits some intuitive knowing. And then they're like, oh, right. yeah, I want to know more. Can you send me more videos? I want to understand a little bit better. Yeah. Oh, man, that made a lot of sense. And especially with teachings of Kundalini, because mm. of how much mm-hmm. they expand beyond just the individual, they look at the entire social structure and webbing that we have around us. Yeah. I think that provides a really soothing way of entering it because it reflects not only our internal experience, which is sometimes scary to really Mm -hmm. acknowledge, but it really reflects the world and the interactions we see um, between all of us. And that really makes it so easy to kind of say, oh, hey, yeah, I do have that dimension inside of me because I see it reflected in others. I love that so much. Is there, do you see a connection between... Uh, the work that you did in studying mm-hmm. Reiki and Kundalini, because in my Reiki se- se- session that mm-hmm. I just had, I was like, "Wow, these are the things that we were talking about in the Kundalini class, talking about you know the energetic bodies mm-hmm. and then the chakra system, mm-hmm. um, how we're like ninety nine point nine percent energy, mm-hmm. you know." So I want to hear a little bit about what you think about that. I mean, our entire world is made up of energy, yeah. right? Denser, mm-hmm. lighter. It's a. It's what. The structure of our world is built on. And so with Reiki, although it came up through a completely different history, mm-hmm. um, the traditional understanding of Reiki is that it's the same healing modality used by basically every guru, every healer throughout the ages. It doesn't stand apart from any system. Mm-hmm. It belongs to all of us. It's Amazing. the essence of the sensation of love. Yeah. And with Kundalini, everything eventually boils down into the oneness and love of all, right? And everything that we do individual practices that also lets us get all the material things and all the health and all of the relationship uh, harmony eventually all builds up into the same energetics of love and oneness and godliness, right? If you're not afraid of the term, it all builds up in uh, in the same tapestry within us. And so if in Kundalini, there's 10 bodies, but then there's the 11th body. And that's when you become, you start to embody the godly energy directly. 
Wow. Right? So when it all comes together. And so Reiki, in my opinion, has a way of permeating all of these systems really well because it doesn't stand apart. It's just something that flows within us always. Right. So it's kind of like a tool that we can use. Exactly. And more than that, it's kind of an essence that belongs to all of us. It's something that, although attunement helps to um, channel it specifically and do so safely for your energetic and nervous system, Mm, we all have access to it. The attunements just gives you um, a way to, a learning um, moment to do it safely, to amplify it. And then as you kind of move up the attunements, you learn these different symbols that are meant to be as protective qualities. Right. And ways of like reaching these different states in the body. So it never goes, like it's never apart and it's always within you, which is the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. And I think that's, part of the kundalini training too yeah. is there's this huge autonomy within an interconnectedness that you're entitled to just because you exist amazing <laughs> <laughs> okay so talking about kundalini mm-hmm. and you were saying that there's 11 bodies so what yeah. does that mean so we've got in kundalini concept we don't just have the mind the spirit or the body yeah. we have 10 main bodies that we interact with on a daily basis and then we have the sort of I'm hesitantly using the word actualized self um, because it's, again, it's an essence that belongs to all of us, um, but it's sort of the all-encompassing quality of all those bodies when they're harmonized, functioning together. Mm. And so I'll start from the bottom and I can move up, Yeah, Um, but the... Just sort of as a preview, mm-hmm. uh, this the 11th body is associated with sound and the gong. So that, that part of our yeah. energetic experience. So we have the first body, which is the soul, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the creative force. It's the part that really connects to our divinity that's always calling us to kind of come home. Um, and it's kind of the innermost part of us. It's the seed within us mm-hmm. that, that will move on once our bodies body's finished. Then we have the negative mind, which is a protective quality around us, right? So it's things that allows us to evaluate dangers, and it's what allows the soul to start coming into a material world. Is that part of the ego? Um, or kind of, is it different understanding? So it's a little bit different. Ego is sort of a, again, it's another state, Okay. To be in. So it's, again, it's combinations of things that yeah. come. So you can get ego flowing through different parts of you. It's a way of behaving oh, almost. Oh, okay, okay. Right? Yeah. So this is where Kundalini kind of differs from, uh, let's say, Buddhist teachings mm-hmm. or um, or even traditional Hatha teachings, which are all about kind of surrendering. Here, mm-hmm. the ego, we do eradicate it to extent. We have an exercise in Kundalini called Ego Eradicator. But ego is not always bad. Mm-hmm. It's just as long as when it's mismanaged, mm-hmm. that's when problems mm-hmm. start to come. And so you've got the negative mind. So it's the worst part of you that tells you, hey, maybe don't drop off that cliff. But it can also be the voice that if left to its own devices and is unchallenged by anything else in any of the other bodies, also tells you, like, everything is scary out there. Just stop. Right. Which is, you know, where a lot of us operate on. Yeah. And so... 
the negative mind gets balanced out by the next body, the third body, which is the positive mind. Okay. Which so we were talking about the solar plexus. Yeah. Area. So the, the <laughs> number three is associated with yeah. it, right? So last year we were in the positive mind year. Mm. So a lot of people had these like grand openings beginning, right? And you might be in your personal um, positive mind year, which is excellent, right? It's easier to be optimistic then. Positive mind is all about what's good in the world. Where can I get things done? Mm -hmm. Like just, you know, puppies and sunshine everywhere. And so in in its healthy state, you know, you can look at a situation and be like, hey, even if there's some bad, I can see some good over there. Mm -hmm. In an overly uh, developed sense where it's unchallenged, you kind of get that new age haziness, like all's good, man. Right. Right? So it's like, you're you're lacking the groundedness. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Because un, unchallenged, I mean, you're like a kid, you know, I think uh, Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about the, ch- the fearless child running with scissors. Like, that's a positive mm-hmm. mind. There's no caution to that whatsoever. <laughs> right, right. So very fun, but not necessarily conductive to daily life. Totally. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when those two are kind of imbalanced together and yeah. are being informed by the soul body, then you get the neutral mind. Okay. This is the balanced state, right? You, you're zen, and right? And that's kind of where we want to That's be. where we want to be, yeah. yeah. We want to see two sides of a situation, yeah. you know, kind of in a detached, observing manner and say, okay, I know the way through. Because mm-hmm. then no challenge is too great if you right. if you can see the balance within the middle way, right? It's sort not of. ignoring the the challenge. It's exactly. A, it's accepting it, but then saying, okay, how can we move past it? Exactly. Yeah. One of the big things in Kundalini is mastery over mystery. Oh, right. It's kind of nice. Nice <laughs> yes, little. I love that. It like it it really sets things off in you, yeah. but it's that you know, you, you don't let yourself get too lost in the mystery of the world mm-hmm. and you allow yourself to build up the mastery to tackle it anyway. Wow. You know, so you can move yeah. through it without fear. I love that. So it's more of a grounded fearlessness, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you explained. Yeah. And so when those, the first body of the soul and the other three mind bodies come together, you allow the soul to really lead and guide and then the mind falls secondary. Because Yogi Bhajan always said, if you allow the intellect to lead, then the intellect and the heart don't win. But if you allow the heart to lead, then the heart and the intellect wins. Wow. Okay. It gives it a little bit of rudeness. And then we have the physical body. So now it's like we're getting into the world around us. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty pretty, um, straightforward. You take care of yourself. You keep yourself flexible. You you take care of your nervous system. You let things flow. You feed yourself well so that you can take on all the impulses and channel it into something. Um, And then we move forward to the arc line. And this is is the thing that got introduced to me. (laughs) Okay, okay. With Kundalini that I never really came come across Mm -hmm. in other systems. And so the arc line is uh, seen... Uh, if you imagine uh, old paintings, Renaissance paintings yeah. with with angels with halos, yeah, uh-huh. right, the beautiful. So yeah. the halos are the uh, representation of your arc line. Wow. So okay. it has a protective uh, uh, protective quality. It has a projective quality. It has a uh, capacity to help you sense your intuition within your body. Mm. And so men get one; they get the one above our heads. Women get two. 
because we have to protect the offsprings biologically. Right. So we got to be the really sensitive part of the social nervous system to say if something's off or not. And so we have a second one, nipple to nipple. And so... Wow. Okay. So yes. Right here. Right here. Yeah. So we've got one above our heads and one nipple to nipple right in front of our chest. And so... For women, we can do a lot of prosperity practices around here because we store a lot of information in the secondary arc line. You were telling me that, that it has mm-hmm. to be... Okay, okay. That's amazing. Okay. It's yep. so great. Yeah. And this is also where we store some information about the partners we're with, their oh. kind of... Uh, their biological information, but also their um, energetic information. So that, let's say, if we were back in the day... And you were you had a baby with this person because we didn't have all of the like ways to support ourselves. You had a way of knowing what's coming, what your kid will need, mm-hmm. what's going to be needed to support that alliance between you and the other. Wow. So it's a really, really important part of us. And I think a lot of us sort of treat this area as willy-nilly, but we think about how much breast cancer is coming out in the world. A lot. Wow, yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of, uh, like, lymphatic issues in this area. Very, a lot of us have a lot of shame mm-hmm. associated with this space and have, you know, our cultures provided us myriad of ways to misuse. That is so wild because I'm always, like, I have, like, larger breasts, mm-hmm. but I'm always hiding it. Mm-hmm. There's, so this, there's like, a protectiveness. Sh- yes, protectiveness, a little bit of shame. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so And wild. so that blocks us from being able to sense all of these very subtle perceptions that are available to us at all times uh-huh. and signals that tell us like protective and projective, right? Yeah. What we want to put out in the world or what we need to sort of support, you know, keep ourselves safe from. Mm-hmm. So it's, kind of, it's the first layer of the subtle sensing that really wow. exists within okay. us. And then as we move forward, we've got the pranic body, which we'll know from a lot of different uh, yogic schools. So that's the part yes. that's energized yes. and has it's carried by the breath and it really lets us feel like sparkly when we're out in the world. Mm. We have the subtle body, which is like this outermost like connectiveness that we feel. The way we can read things, you know, between the lines, between the energetic lines, mm. between the molecules mm. of things, you know, sensing that space and that's where a lot of creativity comes from we've got our auric body which is sort of uh kind of uh almost a a mirror of an inner world outside so it's a way to sense a much larger amount of information around us and we've got the radiant body which is this is the one that's really exciting i think it's having a moment (laughs) on instagram right now the radiant body the radiant body it's sort of our outer shell and it's Um, it's considered that actors and uh, performers have a really strong radiant body Mm. because they're able to project out in the world and change the way people see them. Is that something that when you can see like a performer and Mm -hmm. you're just magnetized to them, is that that feeling? That's the feeling. But even if you're not a performer, think about a really potent radiant body. It's like a lighthouse that allows the universe to know exactly where to direct things towards you, right? So you can magnetize and uh, manifest things very differently. I think a lot of, oh man, this is just like coming up, but like Mm -hmm. within my session Mm -hmm. and calling it, like I had that guide that is the Egyptian Mm -hmm. goddess, it was almost like she had this like the radiant body because she was so magnetic. Mm -hmm. She was like glowing when I I saw this image in the same way that my friend was telling me about Mm -hmm. her. 
And it almost was like she was encouraging me to follow her and mm-hmm. like take on those traits. Exactly. There's like a leadership and a guiding quality to yes. it, a mastery, right? Yeah. Over your life. And so when you combine the 10 bodies together into one and you've really maximized their impact, right? You rearrange so they're all aligned, you get the 11th body, which is the totality of all, and it's equivalent to sound, and the wow. the sound of the gong is the resonance of it, which wow. is why it clears all the bodies, yeah. and it's a way of, like, speaking without speaking ever. You know, your yeah. entire being speaks for you. Wow. Which is just, like, this most glorious state of being. Yeah. Um, and in our, you know, monotheic system we would call that godliness but Mm -hmm. it's really in essence that's open to everybody wow so everyone can attain that kind of state absolutely and it's like it's it's for every single person every single person uh kundalini yoga is a householder's yoga there's no need to you know remove yourself to a monastery or an ashram to go live up in the mountains away from people to study a practice for 30 years you like three minutes in the morning of sad kriya and (laughs) every day and you're already on your way getting there yeah amazing which is like such an exciting part of it is it what it just requires is just discipline and a little bit of commitment to yourself right and just curiosity look for some of these practices so when we're doing the different practices Mm -hmm. within the kundalini like sometimes we're focusing on certain Mm -hmm. um certain places on our chakra system Mm -hmm. or uh different kriyas like some Mm -hmm. that are specific for wealth or uh, love or any kind of abundance mm-hmm. and things like that, are they all trying to get us to the same totality? There's definitely that in mind. Okay. So that mastery over mystery thing is right. just like a, like a tenant in there yeah. uh, of the entire Kundalini philosophy. And it's very much about like, keep up and you'll be kept up. Like mm, all we're doing is I giving you technology that. to get there. Right. This is just one of the ways. There's other ways you can do, but like, you know, we spend the last 5,000 years narrowing it down yeah. to make it really, really easy to, to pick up and go. Yeah. And you might need to challenge yourself a little bit, but it's never so much that it breaks you. Right. And it, you always feel glowy and great after because it feeds all of the bodies. Right. So no matter, some Kriyas for sure are more tailored to specific, uh, specific parts. So for yeah. example, I did my tantric numerolo- numerology. Yeah. And so for me, the subtle body and the pranic body are a little bit weaker than I'd like them to be. And I definitely see in how it shows up in me. I get fatigued a lot more easily. I kind of get these bursts of creativity and then I sort of go down a little bit and I go into my hole a little for yeah. a little while. And so practice, doing practices that target these two specific bodies is really supportive for me. It immediately, it's right. like kind of like a vitamin that I can give myself daily. Okay. Yeah. And so we all have little bodies that we're like a little bit better off with, a little bit worse off with. Um, but everything, every single practice that you do will inevitably benefit everything. Right. And because Kundalini is this energy that rises between the chakras, we can talk about chakras, but you don't have to because that's going to take care of it. It's that, like it's already doing it and it, you don't have to know you don't exactly have to know. where it's going. Yeah, Exactly. All you need to focus, like, do you feel good? Great. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, it's as simple as that. And it's like letting your mind take a break from having to figure out the how. Exactly. And just allowing it to be this practice that is beautiful and like mm-hmm. set up in a way anyone can do it. 
and then it's just like you just get the effects by just doing it. Exactly. You have to know. I know that there have been cases of people who are of limited mobility. Yeah. And or of, you know, impaired in some capacity that didn't even allow them to do full practice. And in the beginning, you'll literally be told, imagine yourself doing it. Wow. And because you have, there's so many bodies that will pick up on it until your yeah. physical body is ready to jump in. Yeah. So my mom got into this massive car accident a few years ago and had a third concussion, which is apparently like past their threshold of recovery. Whoa, that's, that's an intense one. Very, yeah. very intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was told she's going to be on bed rest for six months and she couldn't see light. She couldn't hear sound. She was basically living on the couch with just a mask and headphones on all the time because she couldn't deal with any kind of sensory input Wow! right so your nervous system is shut down yeah and I've taken her to every kind of practice possible every kind of practice and she's you know there's always been some kind of excuse why it's not the practice for her so in that kind of state of desperation I was like okay we're going to a kundalini class it's happening and then that was the one that was for you too yeah there's that exactly yeah and so I brought her in and she couldn't do a lot of movements the first class. She could only do some of the breaths. She could do some of the chanting. And she cried the whole class. Wow. She cried. And she was like, what, what was that? What just happened? And I was like, well, come again. So I took her to three classes in a row. Her symptoms started to recover dramatically. Her, she started to unleash all of these parts of herself that she was carrying. And the lovely thing about a kundalini class, like no one looks at you weird. You can be no. crying, sobbing on the floor. You can be laughing. Everyone's like, you do you. Yeah. So her doctors are still like kind of over the moon, but also incredibly confused about how it could have helped so quickly. Because they've never seen recovery that fast. And she is at school. She is doing full-time, incredibly, like, long hours job that she loves that's so mentally heavy right now. Perfectly fine. She's living her life incredibly fully. And I don't see how it would have been possible because she was fully bedridden, no movement, nothing. Wow. And this was six months later. She was, like, up on her feet fully taking full workload, everything. So I really believe in how this practice functions from your nervous system all the way up to your energetics and your mental capacity. I've just seen this massive recovery that makes me believe in it completely and utterly. And you've seen it within yourself. Completely. And then within now with your mom's story, it's like... I brought my boyfriend in. He, I can't get him out of the studio. <laughs> I think he brought like an unlimited class pass on his second, on his uh, second oh session. Yeah. Uh, and he's, I mean, we're moving in right now. We're yeah. getting two meditation spaces for the Kundalini meditations wow. because it's, it's incredible. And because there's so much sound and mantra involved. But it's very, it's never translated. It's almost purposefully yeah. non-translated so that yeah. you can't get caught up on the words. But yes. it's aligned with different meridians on the roof of your mouth so that when your tongue hits, it activates different parts of the brain. Wow. And then the sound gets infused into the walls. And so it has this total effect all the way around your life, not just your inner being, which is... I love all types of yoga, and I still practice different ones. I'm yeah. currently exploring Taoist Yin, which is a super amazing practice. 
but Kundalini does it better than anything I've ever seen. Wow. And you've, like, you've done it all. Like, you've I kind of have. gone into, like, all the different, you've studied all these different realities, <laughs> and it still comes back to Kundalini. Every time. And, you know, it's so funny. I kind of had a reflection moment the other day where... Yeah. I thought about, I was like, I marathoned through all of these modalities because I think I was catching up on the, from 12 years old on the, yeah. <laughs> on the few years of a break there. So there's a part of me that's like, could I have done slower? But I'm like, no, I really needed to catch up to be at this point exactly yeah. right now. And like, I couldn't have done it without Kundalini. I, I can't. It's wow. just, there's no way that where I was mentally with my depression and anxiety that yeah. I could even, like, I remember in my mind, I couldn't study I took Latin first year because you know you you take fun things at school (laughs) and I couldn't memorize anything it was you know I felt lost in all of my exams and everything not because I was not capable you know I know my capacity I know my smarts everything but it wasn't enough my system shut down Mm -hmm. and it needed something to wake it up yeah you needed to like be energetically mm-hmm. sparked like cleansed and exactly yeah. I need to be cleansed and attuned and learn how to stand up for myself through it mm-hmm. right and so we're talking we were talking yeah. earlier about the navel point and yes. this the third chakra for you right and how that you felt there was so much trapped and it wasn't functioning fully yeah well, that's our ability to not only be optimistic and positive about the future and future projective, but also to stand up for our needs right now mm-hmm. and who we are, yeah. right? And we were talking about how it was really all about uh, worth mm-hmm. and that PowerPoint and being able to be like seen mm-hmm. and, and like shining and in the spotlight. And a lot of mm-hmm. my work that I know that I'm meant to be doing here. Mm-hmm involves that mm-hmm. all and, of us none yeah. of us can do anything that we're meant to be doing hiding in the shadows yeah. yeah maybe if you're a cia spy but then you still have to come back yeah. and get the honors of it all <laughs> yes. right like, yes and it's about yeah for me allowing myself to be seen in that way and saying like oh i am worthy to be in you know filmmaking and acting and all that kind of stuff and that's exactly. such a like vi- visual scene place Exactly. And not crack once you get it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's the big thing is yeah. we often play hot potato. The universe is like, here's the thing you wanted. And our systems are just not ready to take on the expansion of it all. That is exactly. We hop it and we drop. That is exactly what she said. Right? She's like, the doors are opening for you. You just have to be there to receive. But you're, yeah, your body mm-hmm. is not ready to receive it. And so for years, I thought of that as being like receptivity, yin. I'm thinking the left side of the body. I'm thinking the feminine, everything. That wasn't enough. It's just not expansive enough of a system to tell me how to do that. Yeah. What Kundalini taught me is how to strengthen my nervous system so when it comes in, Mm. I can say yes, even if it feels harder, even if it feels a little bit more. And we talked about human design a little bit. Yes, yes, we did. Yeah. So... I'm a manifesting generator. I'm supposed to be able to do it. And so yeah. my instinct was always, hey, why can't I do it? It's I'm, I'm being called to do it. Yeah. I feel the drive to do it, yeah. but I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, mm-hmm. I collapsed under the weight of it, even though my entire system was built to ta- tackle it. Yeah. 
And so our world is created to divert a lot of those resources towards other things. There's an attention economy out there Mm -hmm. that's pulling us apart, that's often telling you you're weak by nature, buy into this product so that you can feel strong again. Yeah. This will make you look more beautiful. This will make you look, you know, all yeah. those things. This is going to ma- yeah. help you manifest the thing. Totally. Yeah. And I love my crystals. Yeah. yeah. I love all the things, but they're not going to work unless you're like your entire being is ready yes. to be aligned with it. Yes. You know, it's, and so this is where Kundalini came in because you don't rely on anyone else. You don't, you don't need a teacher. I love practicing in a community. I yeah. love having a teacher I connect with. Yeah. But you can do it on your couch. You can do it on the floor. You can do it anywhere in the woods without any kind of frills yeah. added to you. It's so true. It's, it's so, so beautiful. Amazing. And so with you working on the, the solar plexus, yes. we talked about breath of fire. Yes. And it's just this very fundamental mm-hmm. um, breath. Uh, it's kind of the starter. If we're looking at the starter pack of Kundalini, it's probably like long deep breath, uh, set kriya, and uh, breath of fire, which sort of tunes into the other, into the set kriya. And if you can do that for three minutes every day, in the morning, at night, I, I would encourage in the morning because it's just, it's very like awakening and enlivening. Oh my God, you're going to see changes in your digestion in the quality of your skin, in your voice, mm. and how it's received. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because like we, we, we can like change how other people see us right. without manipulating them emotionally, yes. you know? Yes. By yes. changing our projection of what's yeah. coming out. And so you change, you drop your voice into here. And then if you can like add another three minutes of a mantra on there that speaks and teaches you how to then convey it outwards, because I yeah. can't tell you how different my singing voices have been from the beginning of starting Kundalini to now. There's just so much more projection to it. Right. You can learn, okay, cool. I can move that energy up through the heart uh-huh. and then out the throat, you wow. know, and direct it outwards. And Yogi Bhajan always said that a lot of people will get trapped in the space between the uh, solar plexus and the heart. Most of them will get stuck at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And so... Our job here in this incarnation is to move past it wow. so that we can have envisioning of a different world. Oh, it, I got total goosebumps when you said that. That's amazing. It's exactly when I heard that in class, I was like, that's it. That's it. That's where it gets stuck. Yeah. And I think about all the upper digestive issues people are having that mm-hmm. I saw as a nutritionist. Right. Right. Where the things weren't transferred, where they became too rigid in their, I need this without being able to open to the world, without being able to handle criticism and say, cool, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, maybe I can make some adjustments, but this is still me. This is still my core. Or being able to say, oh, yeah, I can receive praise. Yeah. And I can ask for my needs to be met. Receiving. Mm -hmm. Without worrying about codependence. Yeah. You know, I can love and not lose myself. Mm. Most of us think that there has to be a separation between those two. Mm -hmm. And we don't even do this consciously. Our families were taught this for yeah. years and years, and we come from Eastern Europe. Yes. So that is so ingrained in us, right? You mm-hmm. give up all of this for yourself. And so kids who come here, first generation. You do, 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 but you're not receiving. Exactly. And then that creates the imbalance. Burnout. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Definition of burnout is doing more mm-hmm. without getting enough back. Yeah. 
And it's this weird thing, and I'm I'm realizing that so much more because it, all this stuff has been unlocked right now for mm-hmm. me, of how much I'm doing, mm-hmm. and I don't even there's like this belief that I don't even deserve the receiving. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to fight a belief, yeah, right, because it corresponds to a value, yeah. And so there's a value somewhere. Well, I'm it's more valuable to give. And those are, you know, we got to look at them and it's important to have a conscious conversation about it. Yeah. But those things are hard to break when there's a reinforcement around you telling you that that's how it has to be. So why not subvert it? Why not give yourself a practice that will teach you your body and the rest of your bodies to follow a new principle? Mm. And it's your body that's experiencing it. Exactly. So you don't have to even consciously in your mind fight it. Yeah. Because at some point, your intellect is going to run out. Yes. We're, I have so many smart clients who are incredible people, but they keep walking around that same, same trap. Yeah. Constantly, like, why do I keep falling in? Yeah. And so then we start getting them into their bodies. We start to do a little yeah. somatic work. We start to do breath. Maybe I'll give them like one practice to do that's a little less scary, a little yeah. less esoteric. Yeah. And they're like, holy shit, why is this better? Why, yeah. How can this be that much better that quickly? Yeah. Because your body is meant to teach you things and the rest of your bodies are meant to teach you things. Yes. And there's so much more at play. There's so much more in play. There's, mm-hmm. so, there's such a depth available to us. And I feel like it's been a disservice that we weren't taught this as children. Mm-hmm. And I, it's interesting. I watch my cousin's baby. She's five now. But she's still a baby to me always. And she does some of these practices intuitively. I see her take on shapes because Kundalini is a, a lot about angles and shapes. Yeah. And she'll do this with her body naturally whenever she's exclaiming certain emotions to certain thoughts and certain movement patterns she'll repeat yeah and i'm looking at this like we know this mm. we needed mm-hmm. we unfortunately have to be retaught as adults yeah but we know this all intuitively underneath it all it's already in us it's already in us it was yeah. gifted to us oh so beautiful <laughs> okay there's so many other things that we can get into um but you did mention something about Mm-hmm. Tantric numerology. Yes. What is that? Okay. So tantric numerology. <laughs> just, yeah, just a quick uh, little description. Sure. Okay. So uh, for everybody listening, if yeah. you're curious, uh, get on your phones now. Go yeah. to the 3HO website. Okay. 3HO.org, which is kind of the Kundalini hub on yeah. the web. Mm-hmm. And just scroll down until you click onto free tantric numerology reading. It's available to everybody. And same, same concept as uh, a lot of numerolo- numerology. So it doesn't right. go by your name. It goes by your birth date. Yeah. And it gives you numbers for your um, destiny, for your soul, for your gift, and for your relationship. And oh. then your karma as well. Oh. I know. I know. And so each one of those numbers is aligned to different bodies that you have. In Kundalini. So you are actually, if there's a body that's in detriment, then you can, there's a practice that's right away suggested for you to do that you can follow through on. And the nice thing is it's not related to your birth time. So for people who don't know their birth time, it's actually a really, really good way of tapping in. And what I like about the relationship section is that it actually doesn't teach you who you are in a relationship. It's like a little paragraph for your partner to know. Okay. (laughs) Or you're like your friend or your partner or your family members to kind of understand how to be with you. 
Okay. That's a little bit better. So it's how you are within. Ex- what you need what to you really need. connect okay. to another, which is like that. a nice little, it's a nice little gift to others. Yeah. Um, that actually helped me understand my partner a little bit better. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's an awesome, really fun way, fun thing to look at. Um, I think Yuki Bajan like wrote one book on the tantric numerology, but this wasn't, he's written tons of things, but this wasn't one of the ones that he really dove into too, too much, yeah. except for with teachers themselves. But you really just need a little snippet to get okay. started. It's, it's a lot of really, it's a lot of fun. Okay. And I love that the gift is always like, what you do over your lifetimes? Oh, love this. I can't wait to do this. It's such an an interesting practice. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, I want to get into um, what you've been really into right now. Mm, Because you study so much. There's so much (laughs) happening. I mean, Kundalini is always your your thing, your practice. Yeah, it's just my center point. Yeah, what are you studying right now? What is really exciting you? Mm -hmm. What do you really want to be, like, talking about? Um, to people about what what excites you right now. Yeah, I think if anybody who who knows me has probably uh, had their ears talked off about this. And it's uh, (laughs) (laughs) my big thing right now is looking at um, somatic support through through therapy, especially with trauma work and uh, how that pertains to our nervous system very, very directly, um, how it pertains to our survivalism and how that translates to the feminine experience in mm. society. But I would, I the more I dive into it, the more I realize the boys also need some support. Right. They, they were also uh, not given uh, enough tools to really like show up as themselves. Mm. And so I've been really looking a lot of work of Dr. Levine, who is an amazing uh, MD who kind of started to pioneer this work and tie neuro uh, neuroscience in his uh, psych practice and what he saw with patients. Wow. And I've been looking at the work of uh, Magamama, Kimberly, uh, and Johnson, who is this amazing sexologist who really put me in a direction of it. And she did this incredible thing. Uh, she coined the term Jaguar. Okay. So mm-hmm. it starts some... Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently she did a psychotherapy in Brazil where her psychotherapist did something very unusual for us. He said that she needs to connect with the Jaguar, the archetype. And she's like, what is this? What is going on? And he's like, we need to wake, awaken the Jaguar in you. And so they did somatic work. They had her like walk like a Jaguar, move like a Jaguar, learn how to play and hunt and move between these systems, basically making her nervous system more flexible. Oh, so it's a, a direct relation to the nervous system. Always. So we all come wow. back. And I, that's, again, another reason I love Kundalini, because it connects to our nervous system. Yeah. So it's very much our sensory experience of the world, our perception of the world. Everything gets pushed through this uh, autonomic and nervous system. And, you know, we're animals at the end of the day, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got these giant brains. But we're still animals. And yeah. so a lot of us get trapped in these looped responses to trauma. And a lot of the time, the trauma is really intense, mm-hmm. but not always. Sometimes it's something small comparatively, let's say, to something like torture, right? Mm-hmm. That's big trauma. But small traumas also make a massive difference. Mm-hmm. And so what I've come across is something that wasn't discussed a lot in school, even for us. It's the freeze response. And so we have the fight or flight 
That's, yeah. That's what we always know. We all know that, yeah. But then there's also the freeze. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. I A flash just came uh-huh. to me when you said that because I was in a fire mm-hmm. when I was little, mm-hmm. and I froze. Yeah. So I woke up. I was like 13 years mm-hmm. old. It's so weird. You just said that, and I was like, mm-hmm. it totally brought me back to that moment, mm-hmm. which is a trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... At this cottage, there was a massive, um, the boathouse was all uh, engulfed in flames, mm-hmm. and there was... That must have been terrifying. It was terrifying. The, my cabin, which was right beside it, when I opened up the curtains, it was all surrounded by flames. Yeah. And I opened up the screen door. I felt the heat mm-hmm. on me, but I froze. Yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to tell you that because I was like, that's so weird that that just flashed into my mind when you said that word. And a lot of us have this. Yeah. Have these vestiges and we create these loops we don't finish because the freeze response is our other option. If flight is not available, if fight is difficult or impossible, and a lot of us have this as children, especially a lot of us get this set in our nervous system before the age of three. So we don't even have memories of this. So people come in and like, I can't get over this trauma. I've been doing talk therapy for six years. And nothing is pushing me through it because it's something that is, you know, prior to your formation of your long-term memories. Mm. And so what happens is, imagine a gazelle out in Savannah. A lion comes after it. The gazelle has no option to flee at this point, has no option to fight. It freezes to prevent pain mm. from happening. Okay. There's, and so when it, we have a freeze response, actually two doors open up. Uh, one is uh, a response to uh, tone down the pain. And the other one is, what if if I freeze right now, the lion is not going to eat me right off the bat. It's going to drag me somewhere. And what if during that drag, there's going to be a moment where I can escape? Mm-hmm. And so this is where a lot of us get trapped because, you know, if the gazelle gets dragged off and there's a moment to escape, it'll get up. It'll do a shake, a physical shake off of that state, and it'll run. Humans, we've somehow forgotten that we need to do this because our intellect kicks in. Whoa. And as children, and even as an adult, we're often told get over trauma really fast. And so we stop that response. We don't let our body run our way all the way through because after we shake, we got to shake. So we have to fight or we have to run. We often don't have the opportunity to relive it. Yeah. And so we live with this response looping in our bodies. And so whenever we come across a situation that reminds us of this, we loop right back into the freeze response. So if you ever had a conversation and all of a sudden your mind goes blank, that's a mini version of that freeze response coming through. And so that can create disassociation, that creates numbness, that creates uh, an ability to tell what your state is or to communicate with your intuition in your body. Mm-hmm. For women, we can look at it in a larger scale, right? We've had thousands of years of having to repress this response. And so now it's seeped into our epigenetics. It's passed on from mother to daughter. Mm -hmm. It's passed on even from father to daughter. It's Mm -hmm. passed on all around. And we're living in this sort of half comatose state in our culture that needs to be reawakened. It's 
Um, and it comes through in our attachments. It comes through in our parenting. It comes through in the way we relate to one another. It comes through in what we think is worth to pursue or where we are worthy because it creates, again, those fears around what's possible and it loops us back. And unless we can break through that, we're going to keep running. Wow. We're going to keep running because our lizard brain is so freaking powerful. Yeah. So how do we break through it? So we got to re-engage our felt sense which is something that we do of like how we center ourselves in the situation of that experience of the world within with our internal self. We get to re-engage our bodies. And often enough, that means we have to heal up our nervous system, both nutritionally and physically, mm-hmm. which is again where Kundalini comes in, right? It's retraining the nervous system. We have to learn to let our animal instincts out. Mm-hmm. So why that chanting and that screaming yes. and all of that works so well. Wow. Right? We have to learn to uh, re-engage the fight and the flight within us really uh, intelligently, you know, and really intuitively and instinctually and not be afraid of it. And so that comes into the realm of sexuality very much, which is where a lot of my interest is because of how much sexual trauma there is in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's so true. That's a major. So that's where I've been at. And so a wow. great starting point is a book called Waking the Tiger. By, um, by Dr. Levine, and that gives you kind of a primer of what happens in your nervous system and also some practices to use. Uh, the other thing is it correlates to is resilience. So we talked about that hot potato thing. Yes, right? yes, When yes, you yes. get it, you don't want to drop it. Yeah, because it's like the beautiful blessing can come in, mm-hmm. but if you're energetically not prepared, prepared then it can easily slip out of your hands. Yeah. So if it comes in and your nervous system is like threat, 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 even be- because it ha- can't evaluate the situation well, it mm-hmm. just knows that any kind of arousal means threat. Right. Even if it's a thing that you want. Even an excitement yeah. and anxiety are on the same spectrum as this pain and pleasure, right? Yeah. Those things get confused. So it's a lot of it a step-by-step retraining of your body to be able to determine and let go and figure out what the nuance between each moment mm. is. Yeah. And then bring your body to an energetic state mm-hmm. to be able to receive it. Exactly. Yes. And so will you feel really empowered and really mm. fulfilled and really like sparkly and strong? That sense of power, right? Not the rigid power, but mm. the true authority, mastery, mm. coming back the to mastery. that word. Mm-hmm of your world because our world has tons of tiny stressors that are going to set you back into that same state over and over again Mm -hmm. and it's frustrating right to be looping Mm -hmm. and I really wish I had known this when I was younger because acculturation stress right immigration yeah very much is a different form of trauma it's not physical but it will uh revertebrate through your system and give you that freeze response right right languaging yeah. culture customs people get those when they're traveling right. so you to really feel fully enabled in the world we really have to work on our nervous systems and wow. so whether that's from the spiritual and energetic perspective mm-hmm. and also the physical mental this is like this is the thing that gives our life color yeah everything else is piff pa poof like it's it's just extras it's bonuses right. that is the relationship we got to cultivate within us so that is the the thing that we are working towards. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think as a society. I yeah. think this is why, 
as a whole, our nervous systems are getting a little bit better because we're recognizing where the issues are. And we've been so overstimulated in the past couple of years. Very much. With so much that we're bombarded with in terms of our technology. Absolutely. And then setting off dopamine responses, which makes it feel good, but yeah. also feel bad, right? So then you're getting the guilt complex, similar yeah. way of how people form relationships with abusers, you know? Right, right. In that, like, this feels bad, but this also feels good because it's setting off receptors that I don't, I can't control. Our only way to control our nervous system directly is the breath. That's it. That's all we've got. And the entire structure, the only wow. way to regulate is through the receptors in our lungs. Everything else, our, the psychological structures we're redoing are potent and important in a good way to maybe calm low levels anxiety, yeah. but it's not going to remove the base. And Kundalini is so much about the breath. Incredibly about the breath. And I think as we move, our th- as we move forward, the realm of therapy is also going to be more accepting of this. Mm-hmm. This wasn't taught to me at school, unfortunately. Right. We talked about trauma and we talk about uh, ways to heal, but we didn't hit it directly, mm-hmm. not the same way. And yet there's this whole world of other modalities that has been talking about it for hundreds and thousands of yeah. years directly. And now we're lucky we're getting really good imaging technology. So we can confirm all of their findings through neuroscience. We can confirm it through physiological studies. We can do it all now. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that gets really ang- angry because I'm like, we're spending millions of dollars to confirm what we've already I confirmed. Mean, no. like, yes, we must like study these things yeah. and get brain images and do all this stuff with scientists, but it's but, like, but we already know it's working. So Exactly. But you know what? If this yeah. is what brings it forward... I'm okay with that. If right. this is what gets the healing to people yeah. and brings our entire social resilience up because we freaking need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our- it feels like there is this real awakening mm-hmm. right now. Um, the Aquarian age. Yes. The Aquarian age. We're in Aquarius season right now. Yeah. I felt that shift going into it. Um, the Capricorn season, the beginning of January. And that conjunction. Yeah. The Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Hard. And it hasn't happened since the last time that the gurus were gifted most of the original Kundalini what? mantras. Yeah. That's the last time that conjunction has happened. So it's a very powerful time we're in. This whole year is we need that neutral mind energy because yeah. we're about to face these very harsh realities. Yeah. But we can't get lost in it, right? Right. We can't fall to the negative mind. And we can't be too positive, be like, oh, it's going to go away on its own. No, it's right. real work to be done. Yes. there. It's so true. It's There's so much that we're seeing that's happening in the world. It's being illuminated for mm-hmm. us for a reason. And it feels like to me that there's this big push especially when it comes to women, Mm -hmm. of showing up, coming up, not being afraid to share Mm -hmm. themselves and their light and to be transformative healers. And especially in your industry. Oh. mm. Right? Think about it. Yes. The onset of the Me Too movement has started to change the tapestry. But we need the women who are going to show up as leaders, not as dictators, but as leaders to show a different paradigm for the world. But that is going to require going against the grain and showing up in your self-worth and being comfortable and hearing 
all the different messaging that's going to be sent so your way because not everyone's ready to move on at the same time. It's so true. Like, and being okay with maybe not being understood exactly. by everybody. The tolerating of ambivalence, which is why, mm. again, that mastery mystery teaching is so important. We are going to have mystery around us. We can be all-knowing. Yeah. We can be more sensitive. We can be you know, better tapped in. We can develop our subtle body and tap into the Akashic records. We can do all of this stuff. Yeah. But the world is dynamic. It's changing. Yeah. There's, there's always going to be mystery. That's yeah. part of the excitement. Mm-hmm. But we have to have mastery as we move forward. Yeah. Because we chose to have a physical experience. Exactly. We chose to be human beings. Exactly. And that's a part of the mastery. Absolutely. I think of that um, just an example of, of writing my mm-hmm. script. I have to have the mastery of actual form- formats. Yeah, and the and discipline. The discipline to finish it and to then edit it and mm-hmm. do all of the, the actual long hours that t- it takes. But then I also have to have that combination of the mystery because it really is partly channeled yeah. to me. Exactly. So and like, and yeah. to be a clear conduit for what's being yes. channeled, to not distort it with our stories, yes. our narratives. I'm becoming a psychotherapist, right? Yeah. Fully, fully like acknowledging the almost silliness within that because yeah. of how much stuff is we don't have to go through with these like long-term um, attendance of therapy that can be cut through so much faster using other tools at the same time. You know, but I know that this is the way through because our system, we don't have a system to push past it yet. So it's kind of, um, if you've ever seen the movie SLC Punk, so Salt Lake City Punk. No, I haven't. It's an incredible, incredible, like called punk punk film. Okay. And um, it goes through the story of like people who want to trash the way society's done. They see issues within it. But the renegades can also get lost in their own messaging. Right. Right. We can be victims of our own battles. And the kind of conclusive statement of the, of the leading character is, without kind of giving too much away, is that sometimes you have to join the system to subvert it, mm-hmm. but you've got to do it without losing yourself. Yes. Because a lot of us can lose ourselves in the system, right? Yeah. Can- yeah. I feel like it's showing up as your authentic self mm-hmm. and tapping into listening to your soul mm-hmm. and listening to your own inner guidance. Yeah. But also being able to enter into a system. Exactly. To have that interdependence of relationships while still being entirely autonomous and self-sufficient. So there's a duality, a polarity that we have to be able to manage very easily. And it's it's not that hard once we get our systems going and prepare for it and allow ourselves to do it. Totally. It's just, we just got to do it and change our mindset around it and pursue the practices that let us develop these different skills, whatever that practice might be for you. Yeah. So even with you, it's like you're studying Mm -hmm. in a system. Within, yeah. Within a system. Very, very rigid system. Yes. And you can then use that then to go into your own practice, Mm -hmm. but with all of your wealth of knowledge, your own intuitive guidance, your own conversations with your soul Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, I'm working with a specific person right now and it really feels like she needs to tap into her, um, maybe like astrology right now Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be that you're working through. Being able to communicate in more languages is all the better. So I, I always say study more, try on more things, look out into the world. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Some of my clients work really well when we talk about scientific things. Mm-hmm. Some of my clients, one of them I hadn't realized was so into astrology, but that helped us to create a language between us mm-hmm. that we both felt comfortable with and that I could translate maybe concepts that weren't resonating with her before yeah. in a package that works for her. Yeah. Right? So that's part of it is our ability to wrap and master things in the sense and present them in a way that people can digest. Mm-hmm. So... It's the mastery and the mystery. Exactly. All of it. I'll wrap them oh, together. I love that <laughs> so much. Um, we're going to get to the, the end of the conversation, mm-hmm. even though we can speak for hours, but then Easily. it would be like a five-hour podcast episode. <laughs> Part one, two, three, and ten. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and you're going to come back because I love talking to oh, you Oh, I'm so excited. So Anytime. Much. There's so, I mean, we didn't even... There's so many we we could have talked about Mary Magdalene. Oh my god! And like everything like that. There's so much there. The ruler of my chart is Mercury and Leo, so I can chat for days. <laughs> okay, mine is Mercury um, in Gemini. Oh, there you go. So like this this is a good bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, podcast. Yes, you're supposed anytime. To <laughs> um, but I like to end the mm-hmm. podcast episode with something I like to call cosmic pings. Sure. So it's whatever comes up. Okay. Initially, when I ask you this question. Okay. And it could be All a simple, right. quick answer. It could be a longer story, whatever you feel like. In the okay. Moment. All right. Um, a book that really affected you is? Oh, uh, Big Magic Elizabeth Gilbert. <sighs> Easy. I love that book so that much. That is, I mean, I mentioned the little episode, yes. a snippet from it earlier, but it, I, it like unshackled me in some ways. <sighs> It's just, it's so easy to read. I recommend it to others. I've heard people put it on on road trips mm-hmm. and really feel liberated from it. It's just, like, yeah, it, it's kind of what helped me understand that I can have spirit, but I also have to take care of, like, you know, the material mm-hmm. of me and, like, yeah. not be ashamed one way or the other because yeah. there's a lot of that rhetoric in the New Age community. It's so true, yeah. And so that was magnificent. I open it up regularly. I literally do, like... Uh, if I ever need like a tarot, like a kind of an oracle reading, I'll pop open on a random page and like without looking with my finger and I'm just like, oh, that's what you want to say to me. Okay, cool. So yeah, she's like my little godmother. Oh, she's a godmother to us all. I love that. A place in the world that calls to you is Mm, Amalfi Coast in Italy. So beautiful and luxurious. I, I first anticipated that France was going to come up, yeah. but I there's something about the water, mountains, mist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Positano and I, I, I'm not very good at sitting still for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God there's chanting with Kundalini meditations. <laughs> yeah. that, that's important. But I sat on that beach and stared for like three hours at the water. Wow. I, it, I completely lost track of time. So there's something really potent for me in that yeah, place it calls to you I love that. your favorite flower oh um peonies are my favorite flower but sunflowers is what popped in my head but mm. I think it's uh because I'm thinking of my best friend and it's her favorite flower and so I missed a phone call with her yesterday so amazing and there's sunflower fields all over Moldova I know yes very much in Ukraine too yeah in the Ukraine. I have this amazing photo that I, for some reason, can't find, but it's me inside a sunflower field dressed in all yellow, wearing these yellow sunglasses and these yellow ponytails when I was, like, six. Yeah. And it's, it just makes you feel happy. Oh, yes. I love that. Uh, your morning practice. 
Right now, I'm doing the three... Uh, three and a half laya yoga, which is a meditative practice, is kind of an intense kundalini practice yeah. called um, that's all about intuition and mm. perception. And the idea is, if you practice it for forty to one hundred twenty days, you get like access to this immense wealth of information. And I'm not very good with rigid practices, so I've failed about four times already. But <laughs> I've given myself until May to get it right yeah. for 40 days. 40 days straight, right? So yeah. that's that's my main practice. Um, but in, again, in human design, and thank God that that practice exists because it confirmed mm-hmm. to me that I'm not meant for very rigorous and ritualistic practices. Yeah, because you're like to experience so many different things so many different things and it has to do with also the arrows in your chart i'm all about fluidity and receptivity so it changes as depending on who's around me so we'll see what happens in the next month or so as my boyfriend moves in in. (laughs) oh my god do you believe in aliens I do. Okay. I mean, like, that's just ridiculous yeah, to say yeah, that. They, yeah. Come on. Like, okay, the, the, thank you. <laughs> the universe is so big. Like, we, I, yeah. I really I don't. I mean, my whole script is based off of aliens. Right? So I know. I really don't believe that, one, we're alone. Two, yeah. that we're, like, the soul originates here yeah. either. That feels, this feels like a very specific experience. Mm-hmm. I think there's just so much it's more. So true. Uh, in my Reiki session, mm-hmm. she said that there is an alien race she's never mm-hmm. heard of before that's trying to communicate specifically with me. Interesting. And they're like a water. She's like, they're icy green. And oh, my God. What? You're so funny. So <laughs> I have this deck of cards. Uh, okay. It's kind of a... and. The the there's tons of cards and you know when you have a deck like there's something you've never seen and yeah. others that pop out like yeah. every time. So the one that pops out for me is that like my soul is from this water world, which is so oh, funny. Wow. Okay. And it's like you're longing to feel a sense of home and you always feel ungrounded and kind of like you're homeless because yes. that world has been destroyed. Yes. And so, but you have like this affinity for water and I live super close to the water. I can't imagine living anywhere far away from water. It makes yeah. me so miserable. Yeah. This is so funny that you mentioned that. And so it's interesting with the trapped energy in your solar plexus because yeah. the next chakras up are green and blue. So you got to move that energy <gasps> up to keep moving. Whoa. Right? Whoa. And the combination of the green and blue. Exactly. To like kind of wow. keep it threading through and all the way up. Wow. And we just passed that like midpoint between um, the solstice and the equinox. Yeah. And so it traditionally, especially in Irish cultures, yeah. that's celebrated through water cleansing oh. of the home and yourself. So get into that nice like spa bath, do the water treatment. I do the ritual baths. Oh, amazing. And a lot of messages come through in the ritual baths. Like, it's potent. The water yeah, is a waters. beautiful trans transmission the sound of the mm-hmm. water running puts you straight into the th- theta brain wave yeah. so like and my dad is from the mm-hmm. coastal area in croatia and so it's, it's right on the water near dna it's all a part of me and i'm so uh in terms of epigenetics mm-hmm. so much more on that side of yeah. the family um and connected to his mother and it's like all along the water. Everything is about the sea. Mm-hmm. Everything's about the water. And I also think about your affinity for the desert because I think it allows you to see yourself fully and clearly because <gasps> the environment is the like the opposing Opposite. energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that you can really feel the containment of yourself. Wow. In that space. I never even thought of it that way. That's so wild. That's so wild. Um, okay. Uh, the universe is vast. It's just so huge. I get shivers yeah. when I think of it. Yeah. I just got shivers right now. It's yeah. just, 
It, it's endless. It's impossible to take it all in. And the only way to, to be is to experience. Mm-hmm. So oh, I love that. E- expand. Like. Uh, and finally, but not finally, mm-hmm. uh, love is. Oh. It was, it, it was a very egotistical answer. <laughs> my answer was mine. <laughs> And I think no, it's because I, I call my uh, my boyfriend my love always. Uh, yeah. uh, that's our nickname. And now that he's moving in, I think we've been getting a little like, you're mine yeah. kind of it's essence. Nice. So it's love is mine. Yeah. Um, I hope everybody so gets beautiful. a chance to feel that. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. This has been... This has been so much fun. Such a beautiful conversation, as I knew it would be, (laughs) because you have such a wealth of knowledge. I think what you're doing and the work that you're doing and showing up fully Mm -hmm. and really diving into all of these different healing modalities and transforming people, and you have this, like, energy that... Like you have that, what's the energy that we called it? The like, uh, like the radiant, the like sh- radiant, you have <laughs> the radiant energy. Because when I was at that party mm-hmm. and we were talking, I was like, I want to talk to this person for hours. You know, you have that, which is such a beautiful gift to then use for any of your clients. And I know that you're opening up more sessions yeah, so, uh, coming up. Yeah, yes. so I think my practice is starting to go up in mm-hmm. March, and then the full round of it is probably going to be mid-May, where it's going to full come, fully be enabled, and I'm going to open doors to others. Amazing. So in March, um, I'm going to start kind of talking about things more, posting more, giving yeah. people more things that they can pull up at home right away and Amazing. put to use. And then if they need extra support, mid-May is when they can come seek me out Beautiful. and I'll be there ready for them. And I'm going to link your Instagram. Yes. Um, or even if somebody wants to email me and I'll get them in contact with you. Absolutely. If they feel called to work with you. Because, 100%. Uh, you're just... You just have so much knowledge and beautiful insight and I love your work and I... Oh, there's just this energy about you that's so comfortable and so inviting and it's really going to transform so many people's lives. So thank you. I'm really glad that it's resonating in the world. And yeah. I, th- I think I'm an educator as like my soul essence. Yeah. It's definitely to spread and share knowledge. It's what comes naturally to me. It's what I've done since I was a kid of like the mm-hmm. earliest thing that I've done is just create and share knowledge. So I'm just really happy to be doing it. And yeah. I'm so glad that it's uh, resonating with the rest of the world. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, we're going to have another conversation. Yes, definitely. This is so beautiful. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.